Welcome back to another video from the Rebel Alliance Media. And today you're with P. Nate and Pudi as always. And we're talking about how to engage culture with a biblical worldview and looking at kind of some more up-to-date and some short um, things that we have, questions we get and whatnot. And that's one of the things we're talking about today is kind of a question that we get posed in different ways to us kind of often. It's, um, let, let's articulate it this way, the lies we sometimes are told and believe about God. And so the idea is things that aren't biblically true, but that are sometimes generally accepted about who God is and what God's like, um, that the culture believes. And sometimes Christians believe these things too. Yeah. And so we're just going to unpack a few of those today. So why don't you tell us one of the lies that you hear all the time about God? Yeah. I think one of the most common ones that we end up seeing in uh, specifically in culture, although we, we get trapped in this in the church too, is that this idea that since God is love, right? Because God is so loving, he, he'll always forgive. And I don't know if you've ever uh, been sharing the gospel with somebody and, and essentially they, they don't see themselves as sinners in need of a savior. And they'll kind of say, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, right? I'm not as bad as Hitler. I'm not as bad as people who are murdering or stealing. I'm not as bad as my neighbor. I'm not as bad as whoever. Um, I try to do, you know, good to people. Um, and I'm sure if there is a God that when I stand in front of him, since he's loving, he'll just forgive me. And so there's this, this um, misconception about God's love. And I think uh, what it is, is that because God is all loving, that there's only um, that his his love is um, like our definition of love, right? Mm. We we uh, define love as being tolerant and accepting, and that's not biblical love. Biblical love is wanting the best for someone, despite you know what they might want for themselves. And so God does love us, and He loves us enough uh, not to leave us in our sinful condition. So He sends Christ and and all that uh, gospel truth. So. Um, the, the, the thought that God is all love and therefore, um, he, he'll just always forgive me or, or that there is no wrath or there is no whatever. Um, and then kind of on the flip side of that, one of the other lies that a lot of people tend to believe about God is that God, God is the old Testament judge, wrath, <laughs> wrathful, mean, yeah. killing a lot of people. And then you come to the new Testament and Jesus is this wonderful, nice guy. And he's the nice guy who kind of comes between us and the mean old, old Testament God. And I think um, when we do that, we, when we think that way, we're uh, forgetting that God is, is the author of salvation. It was, it was in eternity past that God the Father and God the Son came together to write the plan of redemption and to uh, send Christ as the uh, substitute so that our sins could be forgiven. So um, all the mercy and the steadfast love of God that we see both in the Old and the New Testament is he's one God and uh, his attributes don't change. So those are, I, I guess, a couple of them. What are some of the ones that you've come across? Yeah, the one, the one that I hear all the time is that... Um, the idea that God changes how he feels about you based on the, on the actions that you do. So right. like, um, even for Christians and non-Christians of what, how God's demeanor, demeanor to us changes based on how we're acting or how, when we sin. Right. So the idea, if, if you're one of the elect, God loves you, he's saved you. Your actions don't null and void the, the work on the cross right. in your life. He can be, displeased with your action with your sin, but still love you right. for, for onto salvation. I, I liken the idea of how you're a father. You love your children. Sometimes those children, same children make you annoyed. Yes. <laughs> don't say true. it. Don't say it that much. Say it like 
like, oh, very little. Yeah, That's what sometimes. You're, sometimes. Not often. But that, but that idea. But you still love your demeanor towards them has not changed. You still want to protect them. You still want right. to love them. You still care for them and want the best for them, even though what they're doing right now is irritating you and is and you want to throttle them, Um, not literally. Um, So that's one of the things that I think Christian, and I I look at that from a Christian perspective, is that how often when we sin do we do the same thing? Feel like God's mad at us. Exactly. uh, Pull the Adam and Eve and want to hide in the garden from God rather than just going and confessing and knowing and trusting what the Bible says about how how he relates to us. So that's, that's one thing I think we see all the time. The other one is a big, very common lie we see all the time is that God wants us to be successful. He right, wants us yeah. to be happy right. and he wants us to be, you know, blessed in all the ways that we define blessings, right. wealth, prosperity, acclaim. When it's interesting to me that what the apostles seem to understand is that following Christ meant the opposite of those things. Right. It meant suffering. It meant picking up their cross and following him literally into suffering and death. And it meant, it it meant for a lot of them giving away what they had and living lives completely without sounding dramatic on the ropes, not knowing where their next meals were coming from, relying on God to provide these things. And I think Christians in general, and some, some people have lost that idea of what, following Christ really means. And so what God is promising when he says that he's going to, you know, be the fountain of living water and whatnot, it's that Christ is going to be enough and he's going to see, be sufficient, even though we're physically going through all of these different things. Right. So like, so these are just a few examples, but I guess uh, at, at kind of the root of these things is the problem of us defining um, what the Bible means by certain things, right? So, so we attach our understanding of what a blessing is or what uh, love is, and we attach our societal or our experiential um, definition of that to God. And so that's kind of at the root of a lot of these lies that people believe about yeah. God. And so I guess uh, the solution to that then is to allow the Bible to define these, <laughs> these terms for us. What does the Bible see as blessing? What does the Bible see as love? What does the Bible see as wrath and, and justice and all these kinds of things? And so, exactly. um, so I, I guess that's the, the solution to the problem then is to, number one, let the Bible define your terms. Let the Bible define these attributes. And I would just say, uh, to supplement that, there are a lot of really great books out there about the attributes of God. And yeah, why don't so, you give us a couple? Well, I, uh, one that I recommend to, to everybody is, it's just called The Attributes of God by Arthur Pink. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's a, a great book simply because um, it, uh, uh, it kind of goes through and it breaks them off into you know, God's sovereignty. And it's a chapter on his sovereignty and all the, the scriptural references for that. Uh, uh, you know, God's immutability, that is, that he doesn't change, right? Uh, God's omnipresence, omnipotence, or what, are, what are those things? God's love. So it just goes through them and they're divided by the attributes and you read a chapter on it. It's really, really a, a great book. Um, another one that I would recommend that uh, I just started reading is um, com- uh, Communion with the Triune God by John Owen. Um, and, uh, and I'm literally just in the first chapter of it. So, um, but uh, it's, uh, again, it's, it's uh, coming to God and communing with God on his terms and not on your terms, not defining who he is, but uh, it's remembering the triunity. And, and I think what that does is that helps us get away from some of the lies that kind of pit attributes of God 
against each other or um or like you know uh defend us against uh believing those heresies about like this is what jesus is like and this is what god's like not recognizing that they're one so Mm. those are just a couple of resources but there's lots of books out there holiness of god by rc sproul is another one and yeah yeah wonderful so i think the big takeaway is let let the bible and other resources speak to how god is and don't use how we would relate to each other as an example of how god relates to us yeah like because we would hold things against each other that he doesn't and stuff like that so for sure um, that's what we would recommend and uh, as always keep the questions coming if you guys like what you saw in this video feel free to share it to uh, on Facebook and also invite your friends to the Facebook page and to the the podcast that helps tremendously. We want to thank everybody who has been doing that on the vid- on the video series as well. And I think we are working on getting some of these audio for on iTunes as well. Uh, but keep the questions coming. We do appreciate it. Have a great one, guys. Yeah.